resort. You are now tuned into Pulse Pounding with Mickey Dillon. Uh, that's the mood of this week. <laughs> Hello. What's everyone doing? How's everyone's week been? I am back outside again this week because it is nice out. <laughs> it's probably the nicest it's been in the past couple of weeks because it's not deathly hot outside. It's like enjoyable to sit outside. So, yeah, we're sitting in the backyard. Welcome back to another episode of Pulse Pounding. It is me, Mickey Dillon, and I am sitting in the center of the backyard and my white Republican neighbors are probably looking over the fence <laughs> from their second floors, calling their wives and saying, honey, what is that fag next door doing? <laughs> Sitting in the backyard with a microphone. <laughs> they probably think I'm recording an audio gay porn. I just watched my best friend spray the entire table on the back deck and the deck itself because we have an ant infestation on the table. I sat outside the other night writing an interview with my laptop and I didn't have shoes on. And I kind of like rested my legs on the bottom like beam of the table. And I didn't realize I was getting eaten alive. I like felt something like I thought it was a mosquito. And I was like, oh, I should go put some shoes on. But I didn't. And I got bitten up by ants, I guess it was. And my whole foot looks like I have the monkey pox. Um, I do not because I am not currently sleeping with strangers. <laughs> I actually encountered a gay this week because, you know, they're calling it a new gay STD because everyone on Fire Island has monkeypox. Um, and I wasn't aware that there is already a vaccine which was adapted from the smallpox vaccine, I believe it was, that they are now using for monkeypox. Um, so this gay that I met told me that he got vaccinated for monkeypox and I said, that exists? I didn't even know that was a thing. And in his gay attitude, he said to me, are you kidding? <laughs> No, I'm not kidding. I wasn't aware that there is a monkeypox vaccine. I wasn't aware it was that kind of serious. So we had a very calm conversation that I would classify as an argument, but um, it wasn't loud. <laughs> so it wasn't that serious because I said, don't you think it would be smarter or just as reasonable for the gays on Fire Island to stop throwing their underwear parties where they fuck each other, grown men in their underwear, fucking strangers. Don't you think that maybe if we just stopped that for a month or so until they figure this whole monkeypox situation out and figure out exactly what it is, that would be just as reasonable or more reasonable than getting a vaccine proven not 100% effective? I mean, I got vaccinated for COVID. I've had COVID twice, once before, one after. So don't we think that maybe that's not going to save you and what you should just do is stop fucking strangers, stay in the house and jerk off for a couple months until they figure out what's going on. But God forbid the gays miss out on their fire island summer. You know, it's so ridiculous. He gave me every excuse in the book as to why that can't happen and why that won't happen. So, I mean, it seems to me the people who claim to be the most rational and quote unquote woke are a little bit sleepy, okay? They still got a little bit of the, the Sandman whatever in their eyes. 
So stupid. Stop banging strangers until further notice. We did it with COVID. It wasn't that hard. People weren't out fucking during COVID. And if they were, it was at their own risk. I can't. I can't with the, the rationality of these people. And look, I'm not against vaccinations. I got the COVID vaccine. I'm, I just don't understand in this situation why you can't just stop mingling with strangers <laughs> on Fire Island until they figure this out. It's really not that difficult. Um, my new Adidas slides came in, which makes me very happy. I literally live in slides when I'm at home or on my off days. I never wear any other shoes <laughs> unless I have somewhere to actually go. Um, so I am wildly excited that my new slides came today because I ordered them on Sunday night and I did not select any express shipping because I'm not paying for that fucking shit. So I don't know why they got here so fast, but they did. And I'm very excited about it. It is weird to me though, that you can order the same kinds of shoes from the same brand, but a slightly different style and the sizing is affected. Like that's so strange to me. I always order a 10. I wear a 10 and a half in a regular shoe, most brands. I always order a 10 for slides because there are no half sizes with Adidas slides. So I always get a 10. And I got a 10 and they fit. But like I could have gone for the 11 for a little extra space. But why is that? Because the ones that I just took off to put the new ones on are a 10 and they fit perfectly. These fit a little different. Why is that? It's the same brand. I understand it's a little bit of a different style of slide, but like... It's the same fucking br I don't get it. But yeah, very happy that my new slides are in. Once you wear those like as much as I do, they get worn out within a couple months. I think I've had my old ones for like five months, something like that. And they are shot to shit. This is also why I order strictly black. I deviated for like a cool design that was a collaboration with some other company. And they were like mostly white and then like almost like graffiti painted but they look like shit. They're like fucking yellow at this point from the dirt and whatever. It's stupid. I also stopped buying like the comfort ones that they call them, like the cloud foam, because you can't wear those like out of the shower or to the beach or the pool or whatever, because they like are not supposed to get wet, I guess. And then like if you sweat, they just like hold moisture, which is no good. So I'm back to the less comfortable <laughs> rubbery ones that I have now reacclimated myself to. This has been a very strange week, very up and down. Um, I haven't been feeling well for like the past couple days. I'm not sure if I have like a weird little cold or what's going on, but like, I just don't feel right. I haven't been feeling right really for the past couple months. Like I just feel weird and spacey a lot. And I can't tell if it's just cause I feel like a little bit depressed or if it's like something physically, but I definitely got to go to the doctor and get checked out. But I just was feeling like under the weather the past, like, two or three days almost like a slight cold I can't tell if it's like allergies I don't really know what it is but I don't feel right and I had a mix of like a really shitty and great week at the same time and I know I've been talking a lot recently I'm like a fucking broken record about how I've been like going through it and feeling weird and feeling very up and down but that has continued <laughs> and I know I still have to talk more about and explain some of the things that are going on and like why I've been feeling the way I've been feeling and I'm just not there yet. So at some point I will talk about that. It just isn't this week for sure. Um, but I, th I don't know, like things have been weird. I had a great week. I like finalized partially three interviews that are upcoming. Um, one, I have a date that I'm doing in August, so it's a hundred percent set. Another one is the biggest interview I've done yet that I'm really excited about. Um, 
it's an artist. Well, it's two artists. It's a group that I love and are one of my favorites. And we're actually on the top 10 list that I wrote before I started this podcast. So before I actually started the original show, I wrote like a list of the top 10 artists that I would want to interview. And they were all artists that seemed very unattainable. You know, like it's the end goal list. When this show really gets to the level I want it to be, the kind of people I would want to have on. So one of those is for sure happening. I don't have a date for it yet as they're doing like, you know, real press. (laughs) So they have a tight press schedule. So we're going to schedule that at some point, but it is written and ready to go. And it was worth getting bit up by the ants (laughs) to sit down and write that. And I think it's the one I'm most proud of, like as far as when I sat down and I wrote it and I reread it and the questions and just the whole structure of the interview. I think it's like the most proud I am of, of something that I've done and I haven't even actually done the interview yet. So that's exciting and I'm happy that I'm looking forward to that. I also have another artist that I've been going back and forth with that I really wanted to have on the show as well. Um, and we're scheduling that, trying to figure that out. But the big one is coming and it's so wild that in the first six months of doing this, I'll have checked one of those people off my list. I definitely didn't think that was going to happen. Even within the first year, I wasn't sure if that would happen. But for that to happen within the first six months is like a big accomplishment. It's a big road sign almost that I'm heading in the right direction. You know, like every time something like that happens or some of the people they've gotten in contact with and even haven't scheduled yet, but have talked about doing something with like every time something like that happens, it's so motivating and it makes me feel like I'm moving in the right direction. So That was exciting for this week. Um, And then, (laughs) to top it all off, the other night I was driving home from work and I was probably like two blocks from my house. Like there's a gas station on the corner of the street that I live on. So like whenever I see the gas station, I know I'm like there. (laughs) That's like the point where I take my seatbelt off. And I was like two blocks away from making the turn onto my street. And there's all these deer in this neighborhood. Um, I live on Long Island. So like Suffolk County, the east end of Long Island, there's like deer everywhere. So these motherfuckers will just run out in the middle of the street. So I'm driving down the road. I'm probably doing about like 35 miles an hour. And this one motherfucker runs out in front of my car. But it's like far enough where I had time. So I like hit the brake a little bit and I kind of jumped because it scared me because like it's dark and your headlights are going forward and they just run across like this fucking majestic creature (laughs) right in front of your fucking headlights and you like don't even know what happened. So the motherfucker runs across the street and I'm like, ooh, close one. (laughs) Missed him. And out loud, I was like, holy shit. And as I said that, another one and I should have known better in in hindsight I should have known better I should have fucking stopped the car and looked around and waited to see what happened because you know they fucking travel in packs and as I said out loud like oh shit or whatever I said another one (laughs) runs in front of my car and there is no time to stop so obviously I hit it and this bastard is up on my hood in no time and then I guess like the way I stopped the car short. He like hit the hood and then went flying and smacked into the ground. And I had the windows open. So it was like audible and he's just laying there. So now I'm like confused and I pull over and I'm like, oh no, my car is definitely fucked. My car is ruined. And I killed this poor deer 
even though it was his own fault. Who fucking runs out in the middle of the street in front of cars like that? Are you high? I don't understand what's going on. Are the deer doing mushrooms and fucking heroin in... (laughs) in the woods and just running out in front of cars because they're all doped up i don't understand like why would you do such a thing are you not smart enough to know that you're gonna die by now have you not seen enough of your friends get hit by cars to know what happens you know don't we learn that really early on i don't know why these mom deer are not teaching their young children not to run in front of the fucking street so anyway I get out of the car. I look at the front of my car. My whole bumper is fucked. And my passenger side headlight is all busted and smashed. And I'm like, great. This is just what I fucking need tonight. So I'm like, I don't know what to do. The deer's in the middle of the road. He's like alive for sure. But I don't know like how bad he's fucked up, right? So I'm like, let me take my car home and come back up here. So I drive my car to my house literally down the street. And I walk back up. And there's like two blocks in between my street and... And where I hit this deer. So I'm walking up the street and I'm looking in the middle of the road because now I'm thinking like, well, I can't just leave it there even if it is dead. Because what happens if somebody's driving down the dark street and doesn't fucking see it in time and then they hit it while it's in the middle of the road? I don't want to cause like an accident for somebody else. And if it is alive, which it was when I when I fucking left... I don't want the poor thing to sit there and suffer. Like, I got to call somebody and do something, you know? So I walk back up there and I'm walking past the second block from my street right before where I hit the deer and it's not in the street. So I look to my left and it's literally sitting in the middle of this random road under the street light perfectly sitting up like a dog in your living room looking around and he looks at me and I look at him and I'm like, you motherfucker, are you okay? Are you hurt? Are you dead? What's going on? Are you okay? What are you doing? And he's looking at me like, you bastard, you're the one who did this to me. So I don't know what to do because they say that like you're not supposed to go near them, especially in a situation like that, like when you hit them, because they're all like freaked out and adrenaline and shock and whatever. So like you never know what will fucking happen. You're not supposed to go over there. So I'm like inching closer towards him. And then all of a sudden he just gets up and takes off. And I can see like while he's running that he's limping. So obviously like his hip or his leg is hurt. And I felt really bad, but he ran into the woods. So like at that point, what am I supposed to do? You're so stupid that you ran out in front of the fucking car. And then to make things worse, I'm trying to help you and save you. And you run away into the fucking woods. So like, do you not want my help? Fine. Suffer. I don't know what to tell you at this point. So who knows what happened to poor Bambi's brother. (laughs) I hope he is alive and well and healing somewhere in the woods over here. I truly believe this was a personal attack because a couple nights before, is that a plane? I didn't think about sitting in the backyard that I'm literally under the flight path of the goddamn airport. (laughs) I hope they're going somewhere beautiful and sunny because it looks like it's going to rain here at any moment. That's going to be really fun while I'm trapped outside with all my equipment. So I do believe this was a personal attack because the other night when I got home, I pulled up, I parked in the street, and on my front lawn was a goddamn deer staring at me through the window. And I rolled down the window and I started talking shit to him because why are you staring me down? Why are you standing on my front lawn where I live at my home staring at me like what the fuck I'm doing here? Like you've made this front lawn your territory and you want to know who's pulling up? Bitch, this is my home, okay? Go somewhere. Go down to the beach. Go down to the water. Go in the woods. Get the fuck out of my face looking at me like you got a problem. Do you want to fight? 
Do you want to fight? Do you have an issue? Get off my front lawn. I'm not going to fight a deer, though, I'll tell you that. You know why? Because they have fucking Lyme's disease and ticks. I don't want those things anywhere near me. I really should throw up a picture of the front of my car, though, because there's, like, deer fur in my headlight. <laughs> it looks like those idiot people who put the eyelashes on the front of their headlights. That's what it looks like, only it's deer fur from smashing into it. So that's that. That was the ups and downs of this week. And, like, my house is just still not in order since the flood. Like, there's just been a lot going on, waiting on the construction to start. Like, it's a long process when it comes to, like, floods and homeowners insurance and all that shit nothing happens overnight you know it's like all of a sudden something happens and you think it's going to get fixed and then you're six weeks later and you're still waiting on things to get fixed and it is what it is it's not the end of the world I don't have a ceiling I don't have a floor I'll live but I feel like my whole house is just out of order you know like everything's dirty because the bedroom floor is like concrete under the rug that was pulled up and the ceiling, you know, like sometimes things will fall out of the fucking ceiling, whatever's left of the sheetrock or the insulation that they ripped out. It's just like making my house dirty. And I'm used to like messy, you know, like you leave clothes in a pile, you leave shit places and you got to fucking clean it up. I'm used to that. But as far as like my house being dirty, that's just not how I live. That's not my style. And then I feel like because everything's been in such disarray on top of the fact that all that's going on, like my furniture is pushed into corners and things are like piled on top and I can't really put things where they belong because they're going to have to redo all the floors and the ceiling and everything's going to get moved. So what's the fucking point of putting it back? If I would have known that it was going to take this long, I would have put most of my stuff back. But at this point, it's going to happen any day. So there's really no point. But so like because my shit's everywhere... I just like haven't kept up with things, you know, like normally I clean my house once a week, Monday mornings, I wake up, I clean the whole fucking house every week, my first day off after my week of work and I get everything done, right? I just want the house to be in order, get the candles lit, everything's looking nice, smelling good, and then I can do whatever the fuck I have to do. I haven't been doing that ever since this happened because what's the fucking point? So I feel like things are just all out of sorts in the house. And I am the kind of person that when my living situation, my house is out of order and a mess and crazy, I feel like my whole life spirals out of control. <laughs> I don't know why that is. Like everyone's got a different thing that they have to have in order in order for their life to run correctly and mine is my house so whenever my house is like not clean and a mess and crazy and I walk into my living space and it's just not optimal as far as aesthetics and cleanliness it just throws my whole life out of whack so I feel like because it's been like that for the past six weeks and there's really not all that much I can do about it until things are fixed that it's just throwing me out of whack it's making me feel like depressed it's making me feel like about things it's like dampening my motivation to do stuff you know and then like I didn't feel good for the past two days so I woke up this morning and it's fucking Tuesday so by the time you guys hear this it's like Tuesday at five o'clock <laughs> I've been sitting out here for an hour and a half recording nothing until I just started and I don't know like I, w I woke up this morning and I was like oh shit I don't have anything for this week <laughs> I've got nothing <laughs> and normally it's already done you know what I'm saying so like when you hear this I'll have recorded this just a couple hours in advance and I just felt like not motivated and the show and the podcast and everything I've been doing has been the only thing recently that in times where I'm feeling like low and unmotivated and not really having a lot of energy to get things done this is like the one thing that gets me sparked up and it didn't feel like that this week and I was kind of 
down about that on top of everything else. I was like, are things so crazy internally that not even the podcast is going to pull me out of it? Like, I don't even really want to do it. I debated this morning just like posting something and saying like, I'm not feeling well this week. We're going to skip this week. Like be back next week. And then I was like, no, I can't do that. I also have this thing in my head where like, I don't want to fuck up my schedule. Like I've been so regimented and forced myself to do what I need to do. Even if I'm not feeling a hundred percent or whatever the case is, because I feel like the only way to accomplish the things you want to accomplish is consistency. So even if no one else is paying attention to the fact that I'm being consistent, I think that's the most important time to be consistent when nobody's watching and nobody's noticing. Do you know what I mean? It's not the end of the world at this stage in the game of what I'm doing. If I skipped a week, nobody would really bat an eye. I'm sure I'd get some messages about my absence, (laughs) but the whole fucking, you know, nobody's going to fall apart because I don't make a podcast this week. I'm not ridiculous enough to think that, but it's important to me to know that I'm being consistent and I'm showing up for myself even when it's difficult. I feel like it's more important to show up for yourself when it's difficult than when you're feeling great and enthused, you know, like this is the important time to force myself to show up because I know if I can do it this week, well, and I can do it any week. Do you know what I mean? It's almost more motivating in better times, if that makes sense. So I woke up this morning and I was debating, like, should I just say I'm not going to do it this week? Should I just take a week off? I wasn't really feeling in the mood. And then I got this really great text message this morning from a friend of mine. And I'm not going to say her name because I'm not sure if she wants me to. (laughs) But she wrote me this morning and she said, I'm having the most shit mental health day, overthinking. And I said, let me listen to Michael bitch and moan and crack his jokes and see if it helps. Now I'm effectively smiling at my desk and you have made my day. Keep it going. And that was so sweet and so unexpected. And that's what I woke up to at 11 o'clock this morning because <laughs> I slept. And then I went back to sleep after that. And that just made me feel good. Um, and of course, I responded to her and said, thank you so much. And I let her know that that like motivated me because I wasn't feeling motivated today. And she was like, I couldn't get it together. And you truly make people feel good, rest up and feel better. But this is what you're meant to do. And that really helped me today. So that's another interesting part of what I've been doing with this show, you know, like here I am sitting here feeling unmotivated to do the show because of my own life and my own feelings and just not being into anything today. You know, like I just don't want to do anything today the way I didn't do anything yesterday. I just don't fucking care. Like (laughs) that's how I feel. I don't care about anything. I just want to sit on the couch and eat and watch reruns of house of cards. Like I just don't, I'm not in it. So it's interesting. That's something I recorded weeks ago and, and put out there unknowingly helped someone who was feeling the same way as I was feeling today for different reasons. And that pulled them out of it and made them feel better. And then reaching out to me and letting me know that that helped them ended up helping me. It's crazy sometimes. Like I know it sounds so silly because it's just like words that I say every week, but like I said something that helped someone and then they told me that it helped them and now it helped me. And now here I am sitting here and recording this. And if I hadn't gotten that text message this morning, maybe I would have given in to how I was feeling and just not done anything with the show this week, you know? So it is interesting how people can help people who then in turn help people without even realizing it, you know? So that made me feel good today. Made me feel good that something I said 
spark some joy in somebody who was feeling down otherwise. And then just letting me know that sparked something in me. And now I'm sitting here about to get rained on with all of my fucking equipment. (laughs) So I guess the balance of life is just something that's interesting to me recently. Like it's interesting to me how you can have so many good things happening and feel so good on certain days of the same week. And then the very next day, something can happen that throws you for a loop or maybe it's nothing serious that happens at all. It's just a mood you're in or something you're feeling or something you pick up on or something you notice that you didn't notice the day before or something that bothers you that didn't bother you the day before. You know, like when I was writing my interview this week and feeling really good, I didn't even notice that the ants were biting my ankles (laughs) and I didn't care that the house was a mess because I was feeling so good and on such a high about what I was doing and feeling accomplished and feeling like I was moving in the right direction. And I still feel that way. But now that that hype has kind of dissipated from the day it was new and fresh, I noticed and felt other things that brought me down, even though I'm still excited and proud and feeling good about the stuff I'm accomplishing, you know? So that's so interesting to me. And I also, like I said, have so much more going on in my life that I have to explain at some point. But I'm also figuring out that It's not necessary, healthy, or helpful to do things for other people that end up bringing you down or making you feel upset or depressed. (laughs) And it's something that I'm learning in my young old age. That's what I'm calling this stage. It's my younger old age because I'm older than I've ever been. And I'm the youngest I'll ever be, but I'm not young. (laughs) (laughs) anymore so this is my young old age that's what I'm calling the end of the 20s into the 30s I'm just realizing that like I don't have to accept certain things like I've always been so concerned with like I don't want to be judgmental and if I don't want to do this for this person or be a part of this person's life for this reason does that make me judgmental instead of understanding but there's ways to be compassionate and understanding and still not accept other people's bullshit if you feel like it's going to bring you down or it's not something that you want to have as a part of your life. That's okay. And I feel like I'm just coming to terms with that now. You know, like it's not judgmental. It doesn't make you a bad person to say, I understand your struggle. I understand what you're going through. I'm compassionate and supportive, but I don't want to have that in my life because it's not good for me. And I'm somebody who's like very emotionally and mentally tough, you know, like I'm a strong person. I've seen a lot of shit. I've been through a lot of shit and I just fucking handle it. I don't know how, I don't know why. And I just keep fucking going. And there's a ton of people who are like that, but there's a ton of people who aren't. There's a ton of people I know who like could just fall apart at any moment over the slightest thing. And that's okay too. Everyone's different. But I think that I'm learning that everyone has their limits, including me. And while I think that I can just fucking take on anything, sometimes I don't want to. Like, that's another thing. Just because I can handle something doesn't mean I want to, if that makes sense. And I think it took me some time to realize that in the stage of my life that I'm in now. And now I'm adapting and changing and accepting something new as far as how I want to handle stuff, if that makes sense. Sometimes I don't know if I make sense when I record this because... I don't write things down. Um, I have like an outline of like, don't forget to talk about this. Don't forget to talk about this. 
but I don't like script this. I don't like write out what I'm going to say. I just kind of like <laughs> have some ideas of topics and things I want to say and just fucking go. So sometimes I worry that I'm not making sense or m my thoughts aren't in order until I listen back to it. And sometimes they are, sometimes they aren't. <laughs> so I hope all this is making sense. But um, yeah, that's where I'm at. That's how I feel. And I'm definitely on the come up and the come back. I think that getting my fucking house back in order will start to get my life back in order and I will start to feel good again. I'm just in like a transitional stage and period of my life this past two, three months, I would say, in a different way than I was before. And a lot of great things have happened and a lot of that transitional period has been moving upward and there's been some stuff that's kind of like knocked me down, you know? Um, so that's that. I think that it's okay to feel sad. It's okay to feel sorry for yourself in certain instances. It's okay to have a little bit of like, this sucks. I shouldn't have to deal with this and this is not okay. And this is not my fault, you know, like all that stuff. It's just a matter of not staying in that place for too long. Like you have to get up at some point and say it is what it is this is the situation these are the things that i'm dealing with and now i got to move forward and i can't sit around and feel sorry for myself any longer but it's okay to do that for a period of time and i feel like people will tell you it's not i feel like people it's so easy for others to say that you should stop feeling sorry for yourself or stop pitying yourself but like sometimes you need that sometimes you need to be like this shit sucks and i don't want to fucking deal with this and i shouldn't have to and then you just got to deal with it you know so that's the place that i'm in coming out of the poor me stage <laughs> and getting back into the let's fucking handle it stage my best friend sent me a meme yesterday i mean i don't know are they still memes if they're not funny i think they are i don't know she sent me this meme through this thing from instagram that she saw it's like this line graph i think it's called i'll post it when i post this episode and it's got little illustrations of people it's got a person in the corner with their arms folded it's got someone hugging onto a pillow, like sitting down, looking like they're just not having a good time. And then next to that, this other person's got their arms stretched out in the sun and looks very happy, someone laying down and someone working on a laptop. And they're all next to each other. And it says, doing your best looks different every day. And it's got the words all scattered with the lines up and down, like the almost like a graph showing the peaks and the valleys. And I thought that was really valuable and very much applicable to my life at this stage you know doing your best really does look different every day and some days I have my arms outstretched towards the sun like this one little character and I'm feeling great and smiley and I want to scream from the rooftops and sometimes doing my best is just sitting on the couch hugging that pillow you know sometimes doing my best is knowing my limits and what I can handle that day and maybe not leaving the house <laughs> And the very next day could be, I need to leave the house and I want to see the sun and the beach and, and go for a drive and put on good music and feel happy. But like, I'm coming to terms with the fact that it's not always going to be like that. And every day looks different and it's okay to like struggle, you know, really fun, interesting meme. <laughs> Okay, let's talk about some relationship stuff. I like to talk about relationship stuff a lot, and I feel like I should do an episode where I talk about my different relationships and, like, dating history to kind of, like, give everyone a background of where I've been in 
relationship wise. I think that might be like an interesting perspective to share and illustrate kind of like why I feel the way I do about certain things in relationships. So let me know if you guys find that interesting and that's something that you would want to hear. Just talking about like all the relationships and shit that I've gone through and what has made me kind of the way I am when it comes to my opinions on relationships. Things I'll accept, things I won't because I'm in a very different place with that situation than I was 10 years ago when I was in my first relationship. God, has it been 10 years already? Almost. Wow, that's crazy. Insane. Time flies. <laughs> so anyway, I spoke with a friend this week. We'll call her Lillian. <laughs> I don't think I've used that one yet. And Lillian is in her 40s, and she has been dating the same guy for about a year. Let's call him... Ted. <laughs> I don't know. Do those even sound like they go together, Lillian and Ted? I don't care. We're going to do it. So Lillian called me and was telling me about how she hadn't heard from Ted in about four days. So obviously relationships at different stages of life are going to look very different. So a 40 something year old woman who's dating a man of the same age, they both have kids. They both have full-time jobs. They both have crazy schedules. They both have things to focus on. They're in a much more serious adult relationship. Now everyone's relationship in their forties is going to look different from other people in their forties. Some people are married. Some people are dating. Some people are single. Everyone's relationship is going to look different. But I think that the biggest drastic difference would be like a 20 year old versus a 44 year old and who knows maybe the 44 year old's relationship is less mature and less healthy than the 20 year old you never know these days but my point of why i brought up the age is that when you're 40 something and you have kids and a full-time job and a house to take care of and the other person also has kids and a full-time job and a house to take care of you have less time to worry about each other i feel so i'm thinking more so like there's more things on that person's plate than two 25, 26 year olds who are in a relationship and don't have those other limiters. So I'm just giving you that as a premise before I get into this story. I'm struggling today. Bear with me. You know, I just want to put a fucking episode out. <laughs> I just want to put something out and I'm trying my best to be my best and it's not really working today. So you know what? Just fucking bear with me this week. So Lillian hadn't heard from Ted for about four days, and she called me and asked me if I thought it was normal. And I said, absolutely the fuck not. If my boyfriend didn't talk to me for four days, no text, no call, since the last time I had seen him, I would lose my fucking mind responsibly. I wouldn't act like a psychopath like I would if I was 21, or did when I was 21. <laughs> you know if you're listening, sir. But... I would be like, what the fuck is going on here? So she's telling me this whole story about how she saw him and then it's been four days and she hasn't heard from him and she thinks it's weird and whatever. So then she's explaining me to me the whole thing about like, he's very hands-on as a dad and he's busy with his, with his job and running a business and all this stuff, right? So I still said to her, you need to reach out. Your problem is you didn't reach out. That's how I'm looking at it. You need to reach out and say, Hey, what's up? Haven't heard from you. What's going on? You know what I'm saying? Because maybe he's sitting there and thinking the same thing because she is operating on this old world woman's perspective where like you don't chase the man. And a lot of women do this. And I think that this is not the correct way to approach things. 
she has been dating this man for a year. So I understand like if you're newly dating someone and you've gone on a couple dates and you don't want to reach out all the time because you don't want to seem like desperate or like you're dying for their attention. I don't really subscribe to that either. I'm the kind of person where if I want to text you, if I want to talk to you, I don't care if we've only gone on two dates. This is who I am. This is how I am. And I'm not going to pretend I'm something I'm not at the beginning because then when we get into the relationship and I want to talk to you more and you think I'm the kind of person who's just never going to text or call you and wait around to hear from you, well, now you're shocked (laughs) when I need to talk to you every day. You know what I'm saying? So, like, why would I act any differently in the beginning? I think that's the biggest mistake that people in general make with dating is that they want to, quote unquote, put their best foot forward or their best self or whatever that shit is. I want to be more obnoxious and annoying in the beginning. I want you to see the worst fucking possible (laughs) way I could be or most annoying or whatever it is, you know, not act crazy, but like my most normal self, because if you can't handle it, then you're not going to be able to handle it in six months. So why are we going to waste each other's time? Do you know what I mean? Why would I act like sunny and cheery every fucking second of the day when I'm actually a sarcastic? fuck you know what I'm saying like because then in six months when I'm acting like myself or three months whatever the time frame is you're going to be like who is this person this is not the person that I met this is not the person that I started hanging out with yes it fucking is I just fooled you so I'd rather not do that if that makes sense and I don't know why people do it's very strange it's almost like a job interview that's not a relationship at a job interview you should act different You shouldn't show up hungover from the night before after staying out until five in the morning with your hair all a mess and your face looking all crazy if that's who you are. But if that's who you are, that's how you should show up to the relationship in the beginning because I want to know so I can run the fuck away from you, lunatic. So Lillian never reaches out to Ted first. They have this thing where they see each other once a week on Sunday nights. That's when they don't have work. They don't have the kids. Sunday night is their night out. That's what they do. And then they talk throughout the week on the phone, through text, whatever. But they usually only see each other one night a week. So after seeing each other there one night a week and she hadn't heard from him in four days, I said, well, did you text him? Did you call him? She said, no, I never reach out to him first. I said, well, maybe he thinks you're a fucking asshole. Maybe he's like, is this bitch even into me? Is this bitch even into me? She never calls me. She never texts me. I always have to reach out to her. And if I don't reach out to her for four days, I won't hear from her. We won't speak. So maybe this is an experiment. Maybe this is him letting you know that sometimes you need to reach out. I don't understand why women think that guys don't also want to feel valued and needed. I don't understand why they think that the man is always supposed... It's like, it's so crazy to be in this feminist world in 2022 where women are like, not wanting to be treated a certain way and not wanting to be treated like they're lesser than, which I completely agree with and support. But then some women, not all, I'm not making a generalization. There is a large group of women who still want to be courted, which there's also nothing wrong with, but there's levels and degrees of that. And you can't want to be this strong, empowered, independent woman, but also have men being the ones that are chasing after you all the time. That doesn't make sense anymore. This isn't the 1960s. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just not how it works. Men also want to feel valued and needed. So men want to get a text sometimes in the morning that says, hey, good morning. Hope you have a great day. Do you know what I mean? Like, sometimes men want to feel like their emotions are being taken care of. 
and I don't know why that's so strange to people, especially women who always talk about how they want men to show their emotions. So I think in this situation, if this man, Ted, <laughs> is trying to send a message, I also think that's the wrong approach. I think if you feel something and you need something and you want something and your needs aren't being met, you need to communicate that. I don't know why it's so strange for people in relationships. I don't know why people feel awkward and weird talking to their partner, especially someone that you've been with upwards of a year to communicate what it is you need because if you don't communicate it you're probably not going to get it and if you communicate it and you're still not getting it you need to reevaluate the situation and that's what's happened in this situation and this was my advice to Lillian she has told Ted hundreds of times probably over the past year and she doesn't have a lot of crazy expectations she is a grown independent woman who takes care of her shit works her job, take care, takes care of her home, takes care of her kids. She's not a needy bitch. You know, she's not asking for like a bunch of crazy dumb shit. She just wants communication. So she's asked him a hundred times, it doesn't work for me when we go a whole day without talking. It doesn't work for me when we go two days without talking. I need to hear from you at some point during the day. And there's no excuse on Ted's end. I don't care how busy you are. I don't care what kind of job you're working. You can't tell me that you don't have a couple seconds out of your day, on your lunch break, when you get home, while you're in the shower. I don't give a fuck. You can't tell me that you don't have a couple minutes to either send a text and have a conversation, a correspondence for a few minutes, or make a phone call and just say, hey, the day's been crazy, just thinking about you, wanted to see what you're up to, wanted to say hello. If you claim to me that you don't have that time, you're a fucking bullshitter. You're a fucking bullshitter. At that point, just say that you don't want to because the fact that you can say you don't have the time for it is crazy. So I explained to her that I felt from my own opinion, if you are communicating what you need to this person over and over and over and you are still not getting it, that is a red flag and a problem. And you need to reevaluate what you want because if what you want that you're not getting is non-negotiable to you, you need to go somewhere else. At the same time, if he's trying to send her a message that he wants her to reach out, that he wants her to sometimes initiate a conversation, not speaking to somebody for four days to prove your point is not the appropriate way to handle it as a grown adult, in my opinion. What you need to do is grow a pair of balls and call up your girlfriend of a year and say, hey, it kind of bugs me out that you never text me first or you never call me first. And I'm sitting here wondering what you're doing and where you're at and if you're even thinking of me. Sometimes I need you to reach out and be like, hey, what's up? What's going on? So I know that you're thinking about me and I'm not always the one coming to you. Maybe it makes him feel silly that he's chasing after you because men don't want to do that all the time either. Men don't like the chase after a certain age or a certain point in the relationship, regardless of what women think. I think as a grown ass man, if you need to communicate something, you need to communicate something with words. You need to let someone know how you're feeling. I don't have time for this game playing bullshit. Never have, never will. So I reached out to my peeps on the Instagram <laughs> and I wanted to know what people thought about the time frame that is appropriate for you not to speak to your significant other because everyone's relationships are different. If I didn't hear from my boyfriend all fucking day, I'd be like, what's going on with you? My key phrase, like my big line that I've coined is, are you dead? <laughs> if I don't hear back or hear from you for like a couple hours, a weird amount of time that's not normal for us, I'll literally just text, are you dead? <laughs> 
<laughs> so I posted on Instagram and I said, I need some input after a conversation I just had with a friend. This question is for anyone who's been in a relationship for over a year, because I don't want to hear about that fucking six month, three month nonsense that does not count. And please be over 25 because, and then I put an eye rolling emoji, because who the fuck cares what your opinion is on a relationship at 22? I'm sorry to anyone who's listening that is young, but nobody fucking cares what your opinion is until you're at least 25. And that's minimum. That's being generous. 27. Let's say 27, but it's too late because I already posted it. So I said, what is the longest you find it acceptable to not hear from or communicate with your significant other? And how would you handle it if they pass that time frame? Obviously, someone you're not married to and don't live with because that changes everything. If I fucking live with you or we're married and we live together and we have kids and all that shit, I probably wouldn't want to fucking talk to you at that point. So it wouldn't even be a big deal. If I see you all day, every day, when I get out of the house for five hours, I don't want to fucking even know what your name is. I want to talk to new people. Um, And then I wrote, everyone's relationships are different. So I'm genuinely interested in your honest answers. And honest answers are what I got. Paragraphs (laughs) of honest fucking answers. So let's start. Okay, first response, female perspective. Honestly, I think all of the responses are female perspective, but that's besides the point. Um, Mid-20s, sorry, late 20s, and been in a relationship for quite a few years. I think it depends on what their job is and what the tone was already set when texting if they go from texting you all day long to not then that's red flags if they're at a job and really can't talk i'm sure they'd communicate but i think like maybe three or four hours is kind of insane to not hear from someone especially if they regularly communicate okay so that's an interesting perspective this person says three to four hours let's just go through all of them and then i'll tell you what i think okay female perspective again late 20s been in a relationship for about a year, but also other relationships throughout her 20s. Love this question. Okay, I've been in relationships where I've talked to a person all day long, so if like two or three hours went by without hearing from them, I thought it was weird. I'd usually wait until like the four or five hour mark and then call or text and ask what's going on. Now being with my current boyfriend, we aren't really the type of couple that talks to each other much throughout the day. It'll be a text or call asking how we're doing and what we're doing, and that's it. However, if I haven't heard from him at all, I'd probably jokingly say something at night, like, hi, are you still alive? Which is so funny, because I always say, are you dead? Love that. And and that's it, because I know I'd get an answer saying sorry and why he's been off his phone. She also went on to say, or if he's posted on Instagram but hasn't answered any of my texts, hi, did you forget you had a girlfriend or what? (laughs) I agree. When I'm texting somebody and they're not answering me but then they're posting on social media, that fucking pisses me off. It makes me really angry. (laughs) Stop posting on Instagram and not answering my texts. Thank God that hasn't happened to me often in relationships. Okay. Next one, same thing. Early 30s been in a relationship for quite some time she says three hours or more never had this problem but i think it would be a deal breaker if someone goes missing for hours at a time with no explanation um next person late 20s i don't believe currently in a relationship i think eight to ten hours depending on the day but no more than 24 i think this is the most reasonable response personally um work days can be busy but there's no reason to not really talk at all even if it's just a quick text to say goodnight and show you were thinking about them. As far as handling it, 
just a conversation to communicate that it was bothering me and to ask that a little more effort be made. Okay, this is my favorite response thus far. She says eight to 10 hours depending on the day, but no more than 24. I agree. This is what I agree with. In my relationships, this is what has happened. Most times we talk throughout the day, but there's times where someone's at work or we're on opposite schedules or things are going on and you don't hear from the person for quite a few hours and then send a simple text and be like, hey, what's up? You good? You know, like that's completely normal to me. Shit happens. She said no more than 24 hours. I personally think if I didn't hear from my significant other for 24 hours, especially because we live together, <laughs> something's up, something's not good. But if we don't live together, 24 hours is too long for me. How do you go a whole fucking day and night without... It's just not the kind of relationship I want to be in. And everyone's preferences are different. And I think that that is what's important to remember. And I think that that's what's so interesting about this conversation. Is the first couple of people said two to five hours... And then this person is saying eight to 10, but no more than 24. And I'm saying, if I go 24 hours without hearing from that person, I don't fucking like that. So everyone's expectations and needs are different. And that's why communication is so important. And that's why I asked the question after, if you communicated that and you still weren't getting what you wanted, how would you handle it? Because that's the basis of a relationship is trust, respect, and communication. Because if you don't have communication, you don't have fucking anything. If I can't tell you what I need within reason and you can't provide that and same on the other end, if you can't tell me what you need and then I don't provide it, what the fuck are we doing? What are we doing? Do you know what I mean? Like, it just doesn't make sense. Why are you even bothering continuing that relationship? Okay, so then I asked the same person. I agreed with them, and I said, okay, so what happens when you have that conversation but nothing changes? Then what? Because as we talked about with Lillian, she had expressed multiple times to what was his name? What did I call him? <laughs> Ted. <laughs> She'd expressed to Ted quite a few times that she needed more as far as communication between the two of them. And he wasn't really getting it. It wasn't really happening. So I asked this person, what happens when you have that conversation? and Nothing changes. So then she says a deeper conversation has to occur as to why they find it acceptable and why they aren't respecting that or making you a priority. It takes two seconds out of the day to send a text. At that point, depending on how that conversation goes and how frequently that's occurring, I'd consider calling it quits. If a person can't respect a boundary or make time for you enough to send a quick text, is it even really a relationship at that point? And I said, agreed. <laughs> I completely agree with that last part, especially. If a person can't respect a boundary or make time for you enough to send a quick text, is it even really a relationship at that point? 100% agreed with that. If you can't make simple time for me, especially if you know we're not going to see each other multiple times throughout the week, if we're only seeing each other a few days a week, if that, and you can't make the time during the week to reach out and keep communication, what the fuck are we doing? Everyone's busy. Everyone has shit to do. Everyone's got lives. But there's no excuse to go four, five days without communicating. It's fucking weird. Another response I got was, I've been with my current boyfriend for almost two years. He finished law school had to study for the bar twice and is now a public defender. The longest we've gone is probably two days, but I've asked him to at least send me a text if it's any longer, just so I don't worry. But we'll typically talk almost every day. P.S. I'm 37. Thank you for including your age. That was an important part of things. The stage of life you're at is important to the conversation. So I didn't 
really get any clarification on this one. I'm going to assume that it's either long distance or they don't live together because of the way she said he just finished law school, had to study. He's a public defender. And the longest we've gone is probably two days. So they definitely don't live together. I don't know if there was a situation where he was at school and she was not. I don't know. Um, but this is just uh, this fucking ice cream truck in this neighborhood. Seriously? Like, who, we don't even have kids in this neighborhood. There's one house with small children. Like, what the fuck are you doing here? I think this is a really interesting response because it's coming from a grown woman, number one. And I think this is a really interesting response because it just illustrates the point I was making before where everyone's preferences and what they're comfortable with is different. This relationship seems to be doing perfectly well after two years of being together. And they're perfectly fine and comfortable with going two days without talking to each other. And that's okay because it's working for them. And she's communicating that she doesn't want to go any longer than that without at least reaching out and letting her know that he's okay. And they're perfectly comfortable with that dynamic in their relationship. So the whole point of this conversation is you need to communicate with your partner and find out what they need and provide it as long as it's not irrational. Because... Anything can work in a relationship as long as both people are on board. But I think the biggest problem with relationships, especially in today's times, is communication. People are afraid to communicate with each other. And that is the one person you should be most open with and most free to communicate with. Because in order to have a successful situation, you have to understand what's going on with the other person and what they're looking for. And I don't understand why we play this game where we think everyone's a fucking mind reader and we fall into this trap where we're like, oh, well, I've been with them long enough. They should just know. No, nobody can read your fucking mind. The longer you get to know someone, the longer you spend time with with each other, you're going to become more accustomed to that person and kind of predict things that they're feeling, thinking, saying based on their mood. That's perfectly natural. But nobody is going to read your fucking mind and do exactly what you want without you asking or communicating. After a certain point, if you've communicated that a million times and you're not getting it, well then fuck that motherfucker. But if you're never asking for what you want or saying out loud the things that you need, you can't really blame the other person for not providing it. So in conclusion, Lillian called up Ted and said, what's up? How you doing? Haven't heard from you. And he was perfectly fine. She sent herself in this whole spiral at one point where she was saying, I think that he's trying to break up with me. And I said, what? She said, I think he's trying to send me a message. We were perfectly fine when we saw each other on this night and then four days go by and I don't fucking hear from him. And I think he's sending me a message that he's backing off from the relationship. And I said, one, you're doing the woman thing. No offense to women, but you know you all do it. You're all insane. You invent stories in your head that are not real. Don't tell me it's not true. She's invented this story in her head that he was trying to break up with her. And I said, one, you're probably making that up. You probably have driven yourself so insane that now you think that that's true and it's not. Two, if that is the case and you are correct, which you're absolutely not, he's a fucking loser. If as a 40-something-year-old man, he wants to back off from this relationship and he doesn't have the balls to face-to-face let you know, I don't want to continue this or I want to take a step back, he's a fucking loser and you need to move on. You need to get rid of him and move on with your life. But that wasn't the case. She called him up and he was perfectly fine and he just acted like it was normal that they hadn't spoken in four days and it was no big thing and he like tried to convince her that they had spoken in between. So I don't know if he's a manipulator or if he was just thought they... I don't know what the situation was, but he was like, what do you mean? I just talked to you on blah, blah, blah. And she was like, no, you fucking didn't. 
So that's a situation that they have to handle. That's where I'm saying you have to decide if you keep asking for what you want, you don't get it. Like, is this the right person for you? Is this the right relationship for you? Because it doesn't seem like it is. But that's just my opinion from an outside perspective with very limited perspective on the situation. I'm also hearing one side of a story and there's always two sides to the story. Well, three, they say yours, mine and the truth, right? But everyone has a different perspective. So from his perspective, it might feel or seem different. However, there was nothing wrong. He was not trying to break up with her by not communicating. And instead of doing what I told her to do on day one, And just reaching out and being like, what's up? Or day two, when she thought it was weird that she didn't hear from him, she spent four days driving herself insane, inventing these scenarios in her head instead of just asking the question. So communicate directly and ask questions and let people know what the fuck you need. And if they continuously do not give you what you need, first of all, evaluate whether what you're asking for is absolutely ridiculous because in some cases it may be but if it's ridiculous and you're ridiculous you probably won't be able to realize (laughs) that you are ridiculous however if what you're asking for is reasonable ask around phone a friend call me send me an email (laughs) send me a dm and i'll let you know if you're acting fucking crazy or if you're correct if what you're asking for is reasonable and you're continuously not getting it it's time to move on it's time to evaluate if this is the right relationship for you And that's all I got for you this week. So I hope to come back to you next Wednesday with a more positive, upbeat, and happy attitude than I have had this week. (laughs) As always, make sure you're following me on Instagram at MakeyNotTheMouse. Make sure you're following the podcast Instagram at PulsePounding that I never fucking post on. send me an email at not the mouse productions at gmail that's two t's i know my instagram is one but the email is two not the mouse with two t's productions at gmail.com send me stories send me questions send me things you want to talk about things you might want to ask me and hear me respond to of course i will keep it confidential if that's what you would like if you want to be shouted out on the show make sure you write that so i know to say your name <laughs> I always hide people's identities because I don't know who wants to be outed. (laughs) And that's it. I will be back at you next week with a new bumper and a new headlight and no more deer fur (laughs) in the front of my car. Later, hoes. 